Hi, I'm Janet Milan, host of the Normally Amazing Show. I like to think I'm like a church bell ringing out, calling the men and women of central Pennsylvania and beyond into the abundant, spirit-filled life. I'm normal. God is amazing. Let's dive in. As of today, this is September 13th, 2021. I'm 47 years old, and I've been a Christian since I was in the seventh grade. That's over 30 years now that I have been walking, sometimes successfully, sometimes not quite as much (laughs) with the Lord. And when I made that decision in seventh grade, I didn't fully understand what I was doing probably, but I just knew that I was tired of feeling like I was living like two different people, you know, one kind at home, one kind at school. And and I just wanted to be, I guess I, my seventh grade brain was wanting to be a person of integrity and be the same person everywhere I was. And so I gave my life to Jesus then. And here I am, it's been decades of following Jesus, reading the Bible, and I'm afraid of the Old Testament. I'm not afraid of the quote unquote God of the Old Testament that a lot of people are talking about right now. I'm not afraid of the prophecies in it. I'm not afraid of the like boring genealogies, laws, and numbers. I'm not afraid of all of that kind of thing. I've just been afraid that I wouldn't understand it. Like somehow I'm not able, I'm not academically equipped, I'm not smart enough, I can't connect those dots, I can't, I couldn't possibly understand it. So I just haven't really read much of it. And I bet probably some of you felt very similarly. Do you think that most of the Old Testament is too hard for you to understand? Because I have felt that way. But here's the thing, if I believe, if I say with my mouth, I believe the Bible is all from the Lord, and that it's one cohesive piece of work that God inspired and wrote through people, why would I be okay with not looking at a huge, actually the majority of it? (laughs) There's 66 books in the Bible, 27 of the New Testament, 39 of the Old Testament, which may not sound like a, you know, like, oh, that's pretty even, but the Old Testament is much longer. In my Bible, the Old Testament takes up a little over a thousand pages. And the New Testament only takes up like just under 300 pages. So let that sink in for a second. If I'm just studying the New Testament of my Bible and just little dabbling in Psalms and Proverbs and some of the cool stories of the Old Testament, I'm literally kind of not looking at a thousand pages of this book that I say I base my life and truth on. That makes me feel a little stabby feeling (laughs) inside. It's not like a guilt thing. It's just, I think it's just conviction and also just maybe logic. Um, if someone, you know, said that to me, well, I believe this book is is fully what I need to base my life on. But they say, but I don't, you know, read, a, I've never, you know, studied more than half of it. I've never really looked at those parts because they seem impossible for me to understand. It's not going to make me want to read the Bible because I'd be like, Wow, so they don't, they've been following Jesus for that long and they don't understand, they don't even feel like they could understand it or they don't attempt to go there. So then I definitely shouldn't try to read that. You know, I have felt God inviting me into those presumably hard to understand portions of the Bible for years, years, just this little voice over kind of side of my mind going, Hey, what about those minor prophets? Why do you stay away from them? What about Isaiah? Why are you why are you not going there? Why are you only reading that one verse from Jeremiah that makes you feel good? Why aren't you going into more? I felt it, I felt it, and I'm finally diving in. Why? 
because I don't believe I'll have a full understanding of God, Jesus, and my own salvation without all of the Bible. So this is my plan. This is my practical plan. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible Project, but on YouTube, the Bible Project has these really well done, well produced videos. They give a brief overview, like most are like seven to 10 minutes long, a brief overview of every book of the Bible. The guy's voice who, who narrates the videos is really interesting to listen to and I, it's just enjoyable. But then they also do these animated kind of illustrations that are just very well done of the book of the Bible. And so you get this, you get to hear it, but you also get to see it. I highly recommend those videos and I hope the Bible Project stays on course with being biblically sound and great because they're awesome and a great resource that I depend on. But I watched like the Bible Project video for the book that I want to read and then read the book. And maybe I'll go back and watch the Bible Project video again. I take some notes as I'm watching it so I remember things because the Bible Project videos and and other teachers, what they do is they give you this overview, but they also give other details that maybe you would not have found in your own studies or or thought of before or even uh, known where to look for them. Might be geographical things, might be historical, might be spiritual, might be connections to other parts of the Bible it's very, very fascinating. Those, those are great. So that'd be like a basic thing. If you're like, I want to dive in, I'm a little nervous. I would say this is a basic way to start. Watch the Bible Project video of the book of the Bible you want to read and then read the book. Just start with that. If you wanted to level that up, um, which I enjoy doing, I'm definitely a word geek. And if, you, if you've been reading the Bible for you know a length of time, you've maybe begin to understand that none of it is there by accident. But if you look up the n- names of people and places and their meanings, it can provide a pretty great depth and interest to what you're reading. I'm currently reading the book of Ruth, and that's that's a great example of where the different names mean different things, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is blowing my mind. One, The way I do that, it's kind of more simple to do now than it used to be because of the internet, but Blue Letter Bible, um, you can go to their website or you can download their app. It's free, and you can go through and you can actually find your book of the Bible, find the name you're looking at, and then click on it and it'll take you through to the original meaning of that name. So just doing that will level up your study a little bit. And sometimes again, it's like mind blowing. And sometimes it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But looking up the names of people and places and their meanings. And if you love maps, then you could dive in, you know, look at a map and see where the different people are going or what parts of the world, um, the different scriptures are talking about that might help too if you if you're into like the maps and geography. And then what I would do to level it up even more is dive into trustworthy commentaries and teachers, those who are not excusing away the hard things of scripture, but who are believing the Bible is all breathed by God and it's all valuable and is all truthful. We have to be careful. We have so many resources right now. The internet has a lot of information on it and some of it is fantastic and a good portion of it is unnerving and inaccurate. If you're kind of wondering like what's a good resource, I would say go to someone you know or you could even inbox somebody that you follow on social media that you don't know but they're like a Bible teacher that you trust and ask them who what resources they use. But I would go to someone who who you like really respect the relationship with the word and the Lord and ask them for some, you know, who they go to for any kind of commentaries. But right, diving into those commentaries can be really helpful because different people's minds work in different ways and different teachers pay attention to different things. And so reading a commentary 
by maybe two different types of teachers can be really valuable to enhance your perspective of the scripture and provide understanding. It's kind of like they've done a lot of research for you, so you don't have to do all the research, (laughs) but it might also spur you on to do some more research of your own and certainly to have a greater understanding of scripture. So the basic thing, like I said, is I would watch a Bible project video of whatever book you want to dive into and then just read the book. I think that's like enough to give a taste of your ability to understand what the scriptures are talking about in the Old Testament. Another thing I'm doing, maybe you've heard of it, is the Illuminated Scripture Journal books. These are scripture journals that are only contain one book of the Bible. So I have two. I have one one that's Ruth and one that is Esther. And all it is is a simple book. And on one side of the page is scripture, like just the actual scripture. And the other page facing it is just blank paper to take notes. So if you're studying a book of the Bible and maybe you don't have space in your Bible or you know, you want to write more than, than what's available, or you don't like to write in your Bible, this is a great way to, to do that. The Illuminated Scripture Journals, the ones I have are in the ESV version. And I found that to be really good. I plan, my, my plan is to have one for each book of the Old Testament, because I would like to have them all gone through. I want to hold myself accountable to that and to have something tangible in front of me a bookshelf of books where I'm just going through each one of the Old Testament will be something that helps me continue and also helps me remember where I wrote what and what I studied and you know where I can find it, that kind of a thing. When do I do this? When do I dive into scripture like this? Because I remember when I've had different seasons, especially when my kids were younger and things were a little bit crazier, where I would hear something like this and kind of roll my eyes, which was not okay. That's not okay. That's not okay to do. People are in different seasons and where none of us are discounted or or excused from studying God's word if we're followers of Christ. So don't roll your eyes. Take into account the season you're in. But I will say this, it does take some sacrifice. So for me right now, I have to get up early to do this. And sometimes that looks like 5 a.m. And that's like hard to do for me. It doesn't come easily, especially now because it's getting dark and ugh. But sometimes I can arrange to do it after my kids get on the bus, which is fine. But I honestly prefer the earlier morning thing because my brain has done too much by 7 a.m. that (laughs) it's hard for me to focus. So I get up early. I also schedule time to do it and try to stick to it. And I have a friend that kind of holds me accountable in that. And for me, if I don't schedule it, it's probably not going to happen if I wait until I feel inspired. Also, it's helpful if you find someone who'll kind of geek out over this with with you, someone who loves to sit and talk about scripture and references, someone who kind of spurs you on in that way. So to find someone who can do that with you and just kind of like, yeah, let's talk about that um, is really helpful to keep you going, to have someone to share it with. I've only been doing this for a few weeks, honestly, just, you know, tackling Old Testament portions of scripture, trying to make, see how it all connects. And if I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't have noticed some really cool things. Like for instance, I would not have noticed that in first Samuel eight, when the people are asking for a king, they're like, Samuel, we don't have a king. We're tired of these judges. Your, your sons are idiots. We don't, if we want a king, Samuel's like, no, 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 it's a bad idea. And he goes to God and God's like, ah, we're going to give him a king. But God says, don't basically don't take this personally, Samuel. When they reject you, they're actually not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They're rejecting me as their king. They're rejecting me. And when I read that, I immediately thought, 
to Matthew 5, after the Beatitudes are listed, it says, Jesus says, blessed are you when people say all kinds of horrible things against you because of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, Old Testament and New Testament, people are not rejecting people, they're rejecting the Lord. And in both cases, God and Jesus are like, this isn't about you. It's about me. Ultimately, they hate me and people will persecute you because of me. But don't worry about that. Don't take it personally. Basically, you're actually blessed when that happens. And that was a huge, like kind of cool connection for me to see like, oh, it's a similar kind of concept in both Old Testament and New Testament. And then I would not have noticed. Let me see here. Oh, I wouldn't have picked up on how amazing it was that in Luke 2, so the story of the birth of Jesus, I've been, you know, hearing the Christmas story for my whole life. And we know that in Luke 2, it talks about how it was decreed that everyone, they wanted a census and everyone had to go to their, you know, their place of origin, like their hometown to be counted for the census. So Joseph and Mary, because Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem because he was of the line of Judah had to go back to Bethlehem, which I've heard my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Then Jesus was born there. But when I was reading it, this go around, like as I'm studying the Old Testament too, I was like, oh my goodness, that was critical that that happened. That annoying government ordinance that I'm sure most people are like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is the most inconvenient thing in the world. My wife is pregnant. I don't want to go there. Or this is hard financially to even travel right now or, or whatever. I bet it was not like something they were super pumped about. Maybe they were, but it probably was more of an inconvenience. But that inconvenience, that that seemingly innocuous, annoying decree by the government had to happen in order to get Joseph and Mary back to Bethlehem. Why? Because in Micah 5, it was prophesied that a ruler would come from Bethlehem, a small clan of Judah, talking about Jesus, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. So that annoying decree that seems like, yeah, yeah, it's part of the story, had to happen to connect to something way back in the book of Micah. It's it's all one story. It's all connected. So I'm starting to see cool things like that. My encouragement to you is this. If you decide to study the more intimidating portions of the Old Testament, you eventually you'll start to connect dots to the more familiar parts that you're that you know in the Bible. Eventually, things will start kind of like, oh, that reminds me of that. That reminds me of that. Like I just told you about those two two pieces of scripture. And the Bible will start to feel like one cohesive story and teaching rather than two separate ones or 66 separate ones. So where do you start? I would say, just like I said earlier, maybe just start with a Bible project video for one of the more familiar Old Testament books like Genesis, Esther, or Joshua. Pick, you know, you don't have to go for, you know, Amos right away. You certainly can, but maybe just kind of like get your feet wet a little bit and start with a story or portion of scripture you're more familiar with and watch the Bible Project video. Take a few notes, jot down maybe what you didn't know before, and then read that book. Soak it up and then keep going. I would say too, a great resource, something that really helped uh, whet my appetite for this was this study by the Daily Grace Co., Daily Grace Company called Amen from Eden to Eternity. And I went through it with a group of women here recently. And it's basically giving a an overview of scripture from Eden to eternity and just how it all connects and gave some really practical charts and things too about the the structure of the Bible 
And it was really, really helpful to me and made it seem more accessible to me to understand it. So that was really great. And I can put a link to that in the show notes. And of course, just stop and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth before you start reading it or listening to it or however you consume the scripture. The Holy Spirit will help you. And it may not always be mind-blowing every time you read it, but eventually, like I said, things will start to click. Things will start to click. So let's do this. Let's not be women who are, and men who are saying we believe this Holy Scripture book, but we only look at like 300 pages of it, leaving the rest kind of to, for someone else to study. Let's do it ourselves. Let's study or let's study together. Let's decide that God has created us in a way that we can understand all of the Holy Scriptures and that we're not going to let ourselves off the hook. And we're going to use resources that we have and just dive into it and see what happens. I'm really hoping that as I go through it, I can share with you snippets of things I've learned along the way. I've got a really cool thing out of the book of Ruth that I'm kind of like digging right now. And um, I want to share those things with you because maybe as I read these things and share them with you, it'll make you think, okay, I want to, I want to learn some of those things too, because this is pretty cool. And maybe it'll make it seem more doable. Let's not be afraid of the Old Testament. Let's not let the enemy think that we are not able to understand it because we are able to understand it. We have the Holy Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit breathed all of it. So the Holy Spirit will help us know the truth of God's word and understand it. He will. The Holy Spirit will help us. Not every woman struggles in her role as a mom, but I sure did. I got to a point where I was utterly suffocated and paralyzed by guilt, comparison, fear, and all of the things I thought a mom should be. I assumed I would just have to deal with it and hope for the best. Until a wise woman challenged me to pursue intimacy with the Holy Spirit. My book, Arrows Make Terrible Crowns, How the Holy Spirit Healed My View of Motherhood, invites you into the story of how that pursuit of the Holy Spirit began a journey towards freedom and motherhood. A freedom I thought was reserved for other women, not moms like me. As it turns out, freedom is for every mom. Psalm 127.4 tells us that children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Arrows are effective weapons against evil, but arrows make terrible crowns. Those arrows were meant for something else. You can buy my book, Arrows Make Terrible Crowns, pretty much anywhere online. If you buy it through my website, JanetMylan.com, you'll get an autographed copy and a custom sticker sheet that my husband and I created. Arrows Make Terrible Crowns, How the Holy Spirit Healed My View of Motherhood is available now. <music>